Hey folks, Eric Smith here, radio voice of the Toronto Raptors, NBA host and analyst with Sportsnet. I want to shout out my man Chris and 30 Minutes Live with CDP. Even though I know Chris, you're not a Toronto sports guy, you've got those allegiances to the Detroit-Windsor area, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Tigers, and for some reason the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm still trying to figure that one out, Chris. Why'd you drop the Lions? Why'd you drop the Lions, Chris? There's got to be a reason there. We'll have to fill uh, everybody in on that another time, I suppose. But again, Check out 30 Minutes Live with CDP every Wednesday and Friday. It's on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook Live, you name it. Chris is everywhere across all platforms. And if you just want to check out the audio version, maybe you're going out for a walk and you just want a podcast or something, you can get it on Apple, Google Podcasts as well, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Radio Public. So again, I told you, Chris is everywhere. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can be a guest on the show at some point this summer as well. Wednesdays and Fridays, 30 minutes live with CDP. Check it out. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP, North of the Border uh, Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Uh, we're going to preview today. We're going to preview and talk about the 2021 uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to have my guests on today, the Philly sports guy and Al Parcero from Philadelphia on in just a minute or two. I'm really looking forward to them. Uh, before we get into this, I just wanted to, uh, today is a special day in the United States. And I just wanted to uh, honor the um, Americans that were affected by 9-11. So I'm just going to put this on here and just uh, do 30 seconds of uh, uh, silence. Um, anyways, guys, uh, like I said, I uh, just wanted to do something to honor 9-11 today. Uh, it was 20 years ago today, and I remember it was a Thursday, and I, I was coming off afternoon shift when I heard the news on the radio, and I woke up, and the whole day was just kind of uh, really demoralizing and depressing, and it's just in shock as well. So um, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to do something for uh, uh, the people that were affected by 9-11 in the uh, United States as well today. So uh, anyways, guys, uh, I'm looking forward to bringing my guests on. Before I bring them on, I'm just going to show a little clip of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, season, and then I'll bring my guests on. Just one moment, okay, guys? It takes time because we're not going to go out and get a lot of great players all of a sudden. We've got to make the people we have better, and that starts with the mind. All right, but the best places I've been in, there's been a lot of culture talked about. The running game is nothing. Zero. He can't block me one on one. At all times in the NFL, the focus should be winning the football game. Do we're going to have something that we hang our hats on, that we believe in, that we talk about every day? Now, who discovered America? An Italian right? What would be better than to get it on with one of his descendants? Let's go. Let's go. His press conferences are very weird. Hey, winner and loser on every rep. I think you have a better chance to finish last than make the playoff. I think they're bad. I think they're a five-win team. Nobody gave us a chance, man. Nobody. Nobody. It's a climb. We're down at the bottom of the mountain right now, and we're trying to climb. Like I say, hell, no shame in getting blocked or knocked down. Just don't stay there very long. Throw a fit. Guys, up there, we don't know how good we can be. 
All we gotta do is stay together and keep fighting. Go! Turn it up! Turn it up! He's at the 40, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 9, touchdown! Anyways, guys, I'm going to bring my guests on, the Philly sports guy and Al Parcero. Uh, just one moment, guys. I'm looking forward to speaking to him about Eagles football today, guys. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey. Good morning or good afternoon. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, it's 2 o'clock. Good, Chris. So you, guys, you guys can hear and see me okay? Perfect. Crystal clear. Absolutely. This, I thank you again, Jamie, for getting me on StreamYard because uh, this has been a godsend for my podcast. <laughs> uh, I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. It makes things a hell of a lot easier when when it's all done and said. So, yes. great, great so, tool. Yeah, like I said. So, anyways, I just wanted to do something about nine uh, eleven because I know it was twenty years ago today. So, um, I just wanted to honor the people that were affected from that twenty years ago. And uh, yeah, I, like I said, I just wanted to talk about that for a minute on here, anyways. Yeah, I got. Anyway. Uh, Jeff, I remember I was leaving to go to work and I remember watching it on TV and it was kind of surreal. And then going into work, going into work, listening to Howard Stern, he was still on normal radio then. And uh, he was the one that was doing the reporting kind of and what was going on. So it was uh, it was definitely a moment in time that, you know, I'll never forget. And I remember like the aftermath about that just how everybody kind of felt afterwards. It was like a, you know, a disruption in the force is the best way I can explain it. It was just you, everybody, it was like you didn't listen to music. There, it, was, it was just a very uh, depressed time. And it took, a, it took a week or so. I mean, it was like, it, it, was, it was interesting to watch how everybody kind of pulled together. There was no arguing. There was no fighting. Like just, there was something bigger uh, that just loomed around us that was really, uh, you know, everything kind of just stopped otherwise. And, you know, ultimately we started to come back, but it's not something you ever forget. I agree, man. For me, a different perspective, because obviously I was a little bit, I'm a little younger. Um, so I was obviously in school and I remember that day, you know, you start seeing kids after kids leaving early and you're wondering, like, why is everyone leaving school early? And obviously at that age, I didn't really grasp like what exactly was going down around our country. 
Uh, but you know, as you as the years go on, you start getting becoming more and more mature, and you start looking back at it. It really does hit you. And today is really a day to remember what what happened on that day. The 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 fear that everyone felt for you know, like like Jamie said, like you're Philly, sorry, the Philly sports guy said, like for the next couple of days, you're just like you know wondering like is something is like is there another plane going to hit? Um, so it's definitely a day we should definitely not not forget. Um, and it's uh, it definitely needs it definitely needs his remembrance. Definitely. I just wanted to bring this up before we started uh, talking about the Eagles and stuff like that. And I just want to say, guys, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Thank you for having us. Hey, uh, Jamie, so you're going to the game tomorrow, obviously, in Atlanta. Uh, what's it called? The Mercedes-Benz Stadium again in Atlanta? That called, is correct. It's called Atlanta United Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep uh, you up know with what? These... And it's, it's interestingly enough, uh, because they had a game, uh, the soccer team had a game yesterday, and they were sold out for that game, and there's still tickets for sale here for the football team. So uh, it's it's interesting how they prioritize their sports in Atlanta. Uh, I fully expect there's a great amount of, of Eagles fans that traveled for this game, and I fully expect that we will be the louder of the two fan bases. I was going to say, um, I was going to say, what's your thoughts on tomorrow's opening game. I'm excited. It's it's game one of a new era of Eagles football down in Atlanta where, you know, the Philly sports guy is there. There's I'm I'm assuming there's gonna be fifteen to twenty thousand Eagles fans. That's that's my guess. That's my assumption. And I it's really I feel like as always, you know, usually when we're on the road, it does feel like we're actually in a home game. But I'm just excited to watch something different. You know, no more Doug Peterson. You know exactly what game plan he's going to put out there. No more Carson Wentz, you know, not hitting the guy he needs to, holding the on the ball too much. It's something fresh, something different, and it starts tomorrow at the at the Benz. Roof's going to be open. It should be 84 degrees or 80 something tomorrow down in Atlanta. So, let's get this let's get this uh season rolling on the right on the right path. Okay. Um, my first question is, I just wanted to, this one's for both of you guys, just quickly, I don't want to dwell too much on last year because it was a nightmare type of season, but final thoughts on the 2020 Eagles, just quickly from uh, you, Philly sports guy, and Al Parcel, and then we'll move on to the, the 2021 team. Well, I, I felt that in, in 2020, there was a lack of leadership. I think across the board, uh, I, I feel that the, the one who should have been the leader uh, was having a hard time of things, and that's Carson Wentz. And I feel that he felt that it, you know, he was the smartest man in the room, and it didn't quite show up that way. And ultimately, it became more and more of an issue as the season went on, and you know. When you have a lack of leadership and a lack of leadership across the board, we lost our we lost our captain on the defense by Malcolm Jenkins, and then our our captain who should have been our captain on offense wasn't really acting very captain ish, and uh, that kind of came through in their draft this year, uh, where the Eagles they picked uh, players who were captains on their football team, and that's a big deal. And because when you have that type of leadership and you and you uh, garner that kind of respect, that's what makes the biggest difference moving forward here. And I think that that you're going to see a lot more leadership amongst the ranks on this team. And to add to that accountability, that's what we were looking for last year. That's, that's what the Philly sports guy is talking about. But, you know, for myself, you know, we, we talked about this on, on, on our show, the Philly yeah. sports guy and, our, and my, myself. 
about like, you know, this generation of Eagles fans, we've been blessed. You know, we really are spoiled watching the whole Andy Reid era. And last year to me was the worst season I've ever watched of Eagles football in my young life. It, it wasn't fun. Every week you're just hoping that this offense can, can improve and actually do something. And it, 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 it just didn't pan out that way. The whole, the whole Doug Peterson era kind of blew up at the end, and it was definitely upsetting to see. Um, but like, like you guys said, I'm ready to move on from it. Uh, no more Carson Wentz drama. No more Doug Peterson predictable game plans. Uh, you, no more. I don't want to hear any more QB factor. I don't want to hear that term again. But uh, it's, it's all we're all uh, head steam first in, uh, into 2021. Basically what it is, it's a fresh start for the whole organization and for the fans. And uh, Nick Serrani, I've heard good things about him from the Colts uh, people. And he's also a native of Western New York near Buffalo. And uh, <laughs> he's a Frank Wright type of guy. And I, I think he's going to I think he's gonna make a little bit of a difference. I think this coaching, news, coaching staff might make a difference in a couple more games this year than they did last year, in my opinion. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that that really is the case. It's uh, it's I I'm first off, I'm so excited to see the defense in comparison to last year's in the last four or five years. Uh, I I was not a big fan of Schwartz's defense, uh, and I I fully expect that this team will have more plays where they are able to get off the field on third down and long in comparison to what they've done in the past. And we have a new defensive coordinator in Jonathan Gannon as well. I don't know all that much about him. Do you guys know a little bit more about him than I do? All I can really say, um, he the guy has been highly sought out for in the NFL in general. I, from what I heard, there was a couple franchises that were bringing him in for interviews for head coaching. Uh, they, a lot of there was a couple of op- opportunities for him to become defensive coordinator as, long, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but you know, coming from the Minnesota Vikings, obviously learning under Zimmerman. And then going to Indianapolis, um, and and the, you saw the strong defense that the Colts have always had, uh, and and just hearing him talk as well, and this this whole youth in the, in the coaching staff, I like. It seems innovative and it seems fresh. Like these guys aren't old school people; they're willing to analyze and try new different things. And I think that's what I like, and and just putting the guys in better situations. You know, how many times in the past couple of years you watch the Eagles play and you see them not attacking the weakness of the other team? That's something I want to see. Week one here, you, you, there's some weaknesses on this Atlanta Falcons team, the defense and offense as well. And I want to see this coaching staff putting these guys in better situations. And I think with the young uh, hungriness that these guys have, I think they're going to do that for this, this franchise this year. Okay. And uh, we'll get to the next question. I wanted to ask you guys about this. Thoughts on the 2021 NFL draft for the Eagles? Uh, I highlighted the two guys uh, I thought were going to be key. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver, and offensive lineman Landon uh, Dickerson. And do you think Dickerson will see a lot of playing time this year as a rookie, or do you think they'll break him in slowly, guys? Uh, Listen, uh, this – all I will say, this draft class needs to perform, right? And for Howie's sake, Howie has this reputation of being a terrible drafter. And so far on paper, I like it. Devontae Smith looks like a stud wide receiver. Dick- Dickerson, the future is really bright for him. Um, but even guys like a Milton Williams, I love the versatility that I'm seeing from him early on in training camp. Patrick Johnson and Taron Jackson made the roster as well. Kenneth Gainwell seems like he's going to be a dangerous weapon. So there is some there there is some hype there with, with these draft picks, but... Um, I mean, for me, I think Dickerson, you know, starting off with him because we really are not – I don't know how much we'll exactly see of him this year. I, we, we talked about it on our show as well. Like, I want to see him start at left guard. 
Like I'm not a I'm not a big Sayo Malu guy, but I would love just to see Mylata uh, meshing it up with Landon Dickerson, and then eventually you could just slide him over when, Kel- when Kelsey's done. So I, I'm I'm excited about this offensive line of the way it's going to look like. But um, th- th- this this draft class really it, it need for Howie's sake needs to step it up. I think Dickerson is not going to play as much as we would like him to. Right. Uh, the Eagles, as as a team and as a a thought process, typically do not like to start their rookie offensive lineman they want to kind of break them in and especially coming off of an injury i can imagine he didn't really have much of a, a training camp so uh, my expectation is is that they will start to break him in a little bit get him acclimated to the speed of the game uh get him in there that's barring any injuries now obviously injuries will change that whole dynamic around and he'll learn more by fire uh but i my expectation is is that he's you know and and this is not the best word here but he's going to be coddled some starting off this season and they're gonna they're going to get him in there a little bit kind of get the speed up to snuff uh but you're not going to see dickerson as much as we would think or like Uh, as far as Devontae smith uh, or Devonta Smith, uh, I think that he is also going to be have a little bit of a slow start just because I think the offense in general is going to have a little bit of a slow start. I feel that the only player who's going to come out guns a-blazing is Quez Watkins. And, <laughs> and I, I've been touting him nonstop, yes, and I, I'm not done yet touting him. He's going to he's gonna really be uh, – he's going to be – I think the the big point getter tomorrow, I think he's going to be what stretches the field. Uh, I'd like for them to see I'd like for them to start to do the run game so that we can actually do real play action passes mm-hmm. rather than fake play action passes. I, I, I said this the other day. I'd love for them to pull out uh, a play from the Andy Reid playbook. Yeah, you know, where it was the fake end around Deuce Staley up the middle, uh, because ultimately that play brought on so many different other plays that you were able to do, where you didn't have to fake the end around. You could have thrown to uh, uh, after faking the end around, you could have thrown to that receiver and made it a screen pass. Uh, that you could just go do the dive and go straight up the middle. Uh, I like that whole idea, and I think the strength of our offensive line pushing forward is going to really be key, especially in these first few games. I agree with you guys on this, and and I'm old school guy. I believe in football, a good team starts with the O-line and the D-line on both sides of the ball, and I think the O-line will be important to keep them healthy for Jalen Hurts' sake as well so they can have some kind of running game to take some of the pressure off Hurts and also to open up the play action. And even uh, it would be nice to have a, a 40 or 50, 60-yard pass once in a while too, have a, a deep game as well. And, I, and you mentioned the guy. Quaz Watkins, and I was, that's one of my uh, questions later on about Mr. Watkins as well. So um, We do I, know I that Dickerson will be out on Sundays, just uh, for everyone to uh, know at home. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not playing on Sunday. Okay. Is there, any other get, is there any other get key injuries uh, for Sunday? McLeod is out as well. Brooks okay. is supposed to play. Um, but, you know, obviously you're a little, you're a little worrisome coming off that injury again. But uh, we, I, I expect Brooks to have a big year. Hopefully he can stay healthy for us. Okay, and this is going to lead into my next question, guys. 
Uh, thoughts on the Eagles uh, first with free agency bringing in uh, Joe Flacco. I think they signed him to what, what one or two years, and then they brought in recently uh, via trade uh, Gardner uh, Minshar as a third-string quarterback. But I've already heard talk uh, that eventually he'll surpass Flacco as the number two eventually. Uh, Flacco, I think, is the number two in name only, uh, that he's going to be the number two quarterback holding the clipboard on game day because that's really where he's best suited. Uh, if Flacco makes it into a game, the game's lost. Uh, and that's and that's kind of what I feel. I feel the same way about Garner Minshew. I, I think Garner Minshew, if we have to go to him, that the season is going is not going the way we want it to. And unfortunately, it's it's not going to continue to go further. He may win us a game or two, but he's not going to get us any further than that. Uh, that our 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 our. You know, our season's going to go as far as Hurts is going to take us. And I feel that that's really the end-all, be-all with that. Everybody else talking about Gardner Minshew, uh, whether he's going to be the number two or the number three, I kind of agree with them that if we have to – if for some reason Hurts get hurt and Flacco will go in for that game, but the next game Gardner Minshew would be the starter. So I don't think – I think that that's (coughs) – Flacco is going to be the number two guy throughout the season thoughts on parcero so overall free agency i want to start off there you know like we all knew the circumstances at hand in free agency we didn't have a lot of play money like we did in the past because obviously the dead cap space thanks to our old friend carson wentz but i do think that howie did a solid job of finding some veteran guys that are that in my opinion were affordable and can really start off this new culture that you're trying to bring here in Philadelphia in 2021. Um, I love the Anthony Harris uh, signing. I think he's going to be a solid safety back there alongside whoever's going to start, when, if hopefully McLeod's healthy, right? And then Eric Wilson, I think we have an actual NFL linebacker. Right? It's, it's great to actually see. Uh, and then obviously Ryan Kerrigan as well. So overall, I think Howie did a good job with what he had to work with. Uh, as far as the quarterback room goes, I agree with the Philly sports guy. Listen, if Flacco goes in the game, seasons if, at any point in the season, the season's kind of over at that point. Uh, but the Gardner Minshew, I've heard all this. Thing, I've even heard people say that he can eventually take over Jalen Hurts. Look, at the end of the day, I don't agree with how he's saying the whole quarterback factory thing. You, there's just some things you just don't say out loud, like the whole Vince Young dream team. You don't say that out loud. But I do love the fact that Howie does value the quarterback position. It's the important. It's the most important position in sports. I'll say that. And you want to make sure it is a strong room. I mean, remember back when Andy started with, with this team? I mean, we we always had a bunch of quarterbacks in the in the room. I mean, heck, we the fact that we were able to flip A.J. Feely for what we did or even a Kevin Cobb for what we did. So for me, it's adding to that. You're adding a, another strong mind in that quarterback room. It's going to bring more competition. It's going to bring the best out of Jalen Hurts as well. And at the end of the day, you know, for the, at least for the next two seasons, I would say you have a backup quarterback, and I, and I think that's big. I don't think I think I, I agree. I think Flacco is going to start off with because remember, you're probably going to have two active quarterbacks on game day, so I think it's going to be uh, Hertz and Flacco. But eventually, as once Minshew proves himself, he knows the system, he knows the guys, he gets acclimated practice. I think Minshew will be that uh, that second quarterback um, on the active roster on game day. But it's a good situation. It really is. I was going to say right now, if they're only going to have two on the ro- game day roster, would Greg Ward be the emergency quarterback then? In case- <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> just ask. That's what I, I would think. Curious. That's what I would think. Okay. Houston's own Greg Ward. What's your thoughts of the captains they just named this week? And I'm happy with one of the guys, Alex Singleton. Uh, 
who's kind of a captain with the Calgary Stampeders. I just want to get you guys thoughts hey. quickly on uh, who they did. I mean, this captain. I think we just. You still there, guys? Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think they're great. No, I I love the selections. Okay. Um, obviously, look, to me with Jalen Hurts, he's done everything correct in my opinion as far as the leadership goes. Well, the, the play on the field is still to be determined, but he's done everything right as far as becoming a leader for this team. That's the one guy I was really happy to see. And usually you give the, that captain nod to your quarterbacks, right? But you mentioned Singleton um, as well as Fletcher Cox. It's, 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 to me, you always want your captains to be the people that you're going to want to follow on game day. And I really think that the Eagles did pick those guys. What's your thoughts, Jamie? Uh, I kind of agree uh, with what El Parcero said there. Uh, I like Singleton. I think that he's he's going to become an elite player for the Eagles here moving forward. Uh, I I like that they chose Jalen Hurts. I mean, obviously, the coaches and staff didn't have anything to do with that. This is all done by the players. So that shows me that they are fall, they're behind him. Uh, which is a good thing. They didn't do that in Miami. They did not give Tua. They did not give Tua the the captain, which is alarming because usually you would figure the quarterback should be the captain. So it's not a it's not a definite that you're supposed to be captain as the quarterback. So the fact that they gave it to him, uh, and they like and they're following him in the battle, that makes me a little bit more relieved that they are doing the right things with him. And the fact that they didn't call him, uh, you know, call him starter until like a week ago, I don't think that mattered anything. Everybody knew who was the starter. And I think that the Eagles were just kind of playing possum or you know, <laughs> whatever it is that they were trying to do. I think that they just didn't want to uh, relive the Carson Wentz thing. Okay. And Darius Slade, I believe they made a captain too as well. Slay day. Yeah. I, 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 again, I, another good choice yeah. there. I mean, obviously he's, he's a, uh, he's more of a quiet leader except in the locker room. He leads, he leads in there uh, when he's out in public and such like that, you don't see him talking as much. He's definitely um, much more reserved, but in the locker room, they seem to really like him and they, they gravitate towards him. Which is, okay. you know, which a, is the reason why you would make him captain. He's got a fun personality. I, I love Darius. So that's a good one. It's a good captain choice. Um, hopefully, he can stay healthy. The Eagles secondary can stay healthy this year too. Now, I was gonna. Ask you, no, do you guys, oh, I think we lost you. But to me, the front four is huge with the defense because they can get pressure on the quarterback. It opens things up for the linebackers, as you guys know. And then the cornerbacks, it makes their jobs a little bit easier as well. To me, the it's the front four. So I think I lost you guys. You back? Yeah, we're yeah, right here. I, yeah, right here. Oh. Okay. So yeah, you you went out there for a minute. I, I but I think I got I got what you're saying. I am more excited about the possibility of seeing a blitz for the first time as since the Super Bowl. I feel like I feel like I have not seen a blitz since that one play in the Super Bowl where they got a strip sack. You know, because that was a blitz. Actually, it wasn't just a four man front. He actually said, "I'm going to go after the ball. I'm going to try to get the ball back for you." And he got the ball back. He did a strip sack, and that was a blitzed play. 
So I, I am so excited to see that because I think not only are we going to get a blitz and we'll get some pressure on the quarterback, but I believe that that will cause turnovers. And ultimately, that, that was another thing we didn't see a lot of last year. There was no there was no blitzes and there was no turnovers. So I'm hoping to see more of both. It's crazy. I was watching Thursday Night Football, and I was thinking of the Philly sports guy because I was wondering why the Bucks weren't blitzing more because they it, they were almost getting the deck, but they if they would have just added a little bit more pressure, they could have gotten to him. But no, I, I agree. I think I think Gannon is going to call the right game plan. I think he sees the game a little bit differently than what Jim Schwartz does. Jim just likes to stick stick to what he knows. Sticks defense wide nine. D line is the focal point of the defense. And the fact of the matter is, look, in, in the NFL today, I still do believe you need that push up front. But look. You need turnovers. In today's passing league, you need to be able to turn the ball over. That's how you're going to win on defense, at least these days. I, to me, shut down defense is tough to do these days. But if you can get those turnovers, that's big. Just give the ball back to your offense and let them do the damage. Uh, but to me, this, this this year with this defense, just because of the personnel you have, it's still a lot of the same pieces from the Jim Schwartz days. It's still going to start up front with, with the defensive line. And those guys got to get the push. And honestly, it starts week one. Philly Sports guy is going to see it tomorrow. That, that interior of the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is weak right now. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave need to eat tomorrow. Uh, but I, I agree. It's going to start with that that uh, that those defensive line front. And I believe, uh, I talked about it before, but to me, the linebacking core reminds me of the Phillies bullpen. I feel like in 2021, the Eagles linebacking core is going to be an actual NFL linebacking core, not like what we saw last year. These guys are going to play hard, especially we talked about Singleton being a captain and playing alongside Eric Wilson, a veteran linebacker I'm excited about. I'm a little concerned in secondary because of McLeod. Uh, you saw Darius Slay after those eight games once McLeod went down. The difference for him, and, and he really didn't have that safety blanket behind him. McLeod is, is going to be out on Sunday, right? What is he going to be okay? And I know – he feels a little bit more comfortable in this defense because he's probably not going to play a lot with it, with his back to the quarterback like he did a lot last year. And I think that was the reason why he didn't get a lot of interceptions like he was doing in Detroit. Um, but this defense, it, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a Buddy Ryan defense that we were all happy to see every single Sunday. But I think it's going to be a defense that's a work in progress. And I think it'll be a middle-of-the-pack defense. I agree, and I think one of the keys is turnovers because I think the Eagles last year probably had the fewest turnovers by defense. Yeah, I don't remember them getting too many. And and even if you give up yards and points, it, your defense, if they can get turnovers, yeah. one or two a game, that will help the offense as well. And I think this team this year especially uh, will need to get at least one or two turnovers a game if they can to help their offense out. And it helps Hurts. It helps the quarterback out too if they start with a short field. Yeah, I mean, we we I, look. I'm not going to defend Carson Wentz, but you know, how many times did the offense get good field position last year? Not only because of the defense not getting any turnovers, but also our punt returns weren't doing anything either. So, like this offense had to work with long uh, with, with long yard situations. But let's put this offense in good situations and let's make Jalen Hurts' a job as easy as possible this season. Definitely. Okay. Next question I want to ask you guys is, are you guys uh, surprised that Zach Ertz is still an Eagle this year, heading into his final year of his contract? No, not at all. I, I didn't think, I think that he was way premature when he did what he did last year. I, I felt like, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like they, they're not going to just get rid of you because of you know, just because you want to go. You know what I mean? You're still under contract and you're here. I, I'm glad that he manned up. You know what I mean? It says, hey, listen, I, I, you know, forget what happened last year. I, I 
things were different last year. You know, this year is this year, and I want to be here. I want to end as an Eagle. And uh, I think that the Eagles are going to to honor that. You know what I mean? I feel that they're going to do their thing. I mean, uh, my expectation is, is that they are probably more likely to get rid of Dallas Goddard or walk from Dallas Goddard uh, <laughs> because Zach Ertz has been – much more productive. Uh, now, obviously, last year he was hurt, but I feel like that, you know, when Dallas did his talking the other day and, and said that the Eagles were going in a different direction, I was like, why do you say that now? You know, it's like you weren't involved with the conversation, but now all of a sudden you are saying something very specific about, you know, the way the negotiation went. And like these players are not involved in the negotiation. So to have this, to come out and say that, that the Eagles decided to go in another direction. Now that made me think that they want to go in another direction because it's obviously you're, you're being a little bit of a crybaby, And I, I can't stand crybabies. You know what I mean? You guys make way too much money. Like, Hey, we didn't finish the contract yet. We're still got a whole year to play and I'm, I'm ready to sign whenever they are, wherever ready to sign me. That's it. That's all you got to (laughs) say. And it saves face for everybody, but now he didn't do that. And that makes me think that there's something else going on in the background that he may not be around here. Uh, I think the the trading deadline ends at week eight. And I think that you're going to see people looking for tight ends. Uh, tight ends and offensive linemen. And I wouldn't be surprised if we also saw Dillard on the move. I was going to say, uh, before I let you speak, uh, Parcel, uh, Richard Rogers, I guess he'll still be the number three tight end. Yes. Did he make did he make the roster? Yeah, I thought he did. Okay. So yeah, Richard Rogers will be the third tight end uh until Tyree Jackson comes back. And then that's a different scenario. The Tyree Jackson. The Tyree Jackson. No, I I'll say I was surprised about Zach Ertz coming back. I'll be honest with you guys, simply because of the way the season ended last year for him, the whole drama of last year. And then once you see Doug's gone, Carson's gone, and I'm just like, yeah, they're going to get rid of Zach Ertz as well. And the amount of, like, Super Bowl contending teams that do need a tight end, and I thought, like, yeah, he's going to go to Buffalo or Seattle, right? But eventually he he stayed with the Eagles, you know, even despite you heard all the rumors of him possibly uh, holding out at camp, but he came in. Uh, it seems like he hashed things up with the front office and everyone's hunky-dory. He's got this blonde hair that, that no one can really explain, right? Um, but no, I mean, to me, I, I agree with the Philly sports guy. I, I've, I've talked about it and I, and I, people don't understand like why I don't view Dallas Goddard as high as other people. I think he's a fine tight end. Um, but what I saw in Zach Ertz in his prime, um, Dallas Goddard has never touched that. Uh, so I think that this year we're going to see it's really, you know, both these guys are fighting for that 2022 spot. I think that the Eagles after the season are only going to keep one of these guys and then they're going to move on eventually and try to develop Tyree Jackson. If not, you know, they'll find another means for a tight end, but um, the tight end position is going to be fun to watch because there's literal competition every single week because you got two guys trying to fight for a future on the spot. And I agree with the Philly sports guys. Well, I really want Zach Ertz to stay in Eagle. I want him to retire here. Um, You really don't get that anymore in today's sports. It sucks. But there's nothing like seeing, you know, a guy start his career, become a legend in, in, in with that team, and eventually right off in the sunset with that team as well. So hopefully Ertz can get that as well. 
Okay, I just wanted to ask you about that as well. And and it doesn't hurt to have a, a third tight end too, because as you guys know, with a seventeen game schedule, guys are gonna get hurt. So it's yeah. and, and Richard Rogers, I thought did a nice job last year as a tight end for the Eagles in some of the games. I agree. I thought he was probably the most consistent tight end last year all the way around. Okay. Next question I wanted to ask you guys. Overall impressions and thoughts on the Eagles training camp. I don't know, Jamie, if you got to go down to training camp uh, down by the stadium. And what was your impressions of their three preseason games? Not in the wins and losses, obviously, but some players and some development you saw in the games. I felt like the preseason games didn't show anything. You know, in fact, it literally, it, 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 literally <laughs> was it was like the worst thing in the world to kind of watch uh, when it came to the practices. I, I mean, I'm, of course, I only heard it, I saw clips, but my expectation is, is that or at least at least as far as everybody was saying, yeah, it was like, ahead. well, they won. They won every practice. But, you know, I guess against the other teams. But, you know, when it came to the game times, they showed absolutely nothing at all. So I think that uh, if uh, I, I'm hoping that this next week or so uh, that we see tomorrow, tomorrow that we see the unveiling of this offense. And my expectation is, is that they're going to see we get they touted the Eagles last year as being a speed team. They got all these pieces for speed and they never used it. I think that they use it this year. I think that it becomes a very big deal, and they actually use it this year. And this team is going to be a speed offense. And if they are a speed offense, watch out. Yeah, we, let's let's hope we can finally get a, a speedy offense here. Um, for me, with the preseason, I'll say, like, obviously we didn't get to see much because we didn't see a lot of our starters. But obviously, you know, the depth was kind of shown in these preseason games. And listen, if we – suffer through injuries our season is going to be screwed but that's that's like common sense right but the one one thing i will say the one thing that really surprised me in training camp was the fact that travis fulgham didn't show up this was a guy who i thought was going to have a breakout year you know obviously we remember the five game stretch of last season i thought he was going to come in here earn that second spot go on to have a great season and then eventually he loses a job to jj ortheco whiteside that to me was the most surprising thing as far as Eagles training camp goes, but um, you know, Jalen, obviously we talked about with the captaincy, um, he obviously earned the trust of a lot of those players and the coaching staff. So that, that was definitely refreshing to see. Um, Josh Sweat in the beginning was absolutely spectacular. You see what he's going to do this year. And if he can stay healthy for a 17 game season, he's going to have a dominant year in my honest opinion. Um, so it, it, it's, it, you saw some good things. You saw, you definitely saw some good things in the foundation heading into the season. Okay, definitely wanted to ask you guys about that one. And then the next question I wanted to ask you guys both, where do you guys both feel the Eagles will be most improved this year? Do you feel it'll be on the O-line, D-line, linebackers, or the wide receivers? Good question. Good. You take that one first. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say the linebacking core. Um, I talked about this a little bit before, but I think they are going to actually look like a comparable linebacking core. Yeah, they, they, they might let up a touchdown here, here and there or a big gash up the middle, but I think overall you're going to see some playmaking ability. I think Singleton's going to take that next step, and Eric Wilson, to me, is, is a comparable NFL linebacker. So I feel like right there I, I, I'm comfortable with those two. And then, I'm, you know, I, oh, later on, I do want to see Sean Bradley. I obviously going to see a lot of time in special teams and a Patrick Johnson that, that also made this roster as well. 
I don't know why Jannar Avery is still here. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't get it. But, uh, you know, we'll see if he can give you something um, as a, a strong side linebacker. But overall, I think this linebacking course can be m- more improved. We know it was a weak point last season. I, I think it's going to be right where championships are won, the offensive line. The offensive line was decimated last year by injuries. We had one guy who's now an, an Colt. Thank you, Howie, for getting rid of him. Who was playing with his gloves while the play was happening. Forgot that the play was going on. He's like, oh, I got to fix my gloves. Oh, whoa, the, the guy's getting sacked again. I, Matt Pryor was just a turnstile. And I, like that was our best option to have out there because we were so decimated with injuries. We had a, a pro bowl left side of the line or right side of the line and uh, you know with Lane Johnson and Barrett you know and Garrett Brooks. Now you know it's like they're back again and then Kelsey. You know so you had Pro Bowl three Pro Bowlers bam 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 and then now we've got Mylotta who is much improved from last year. You know, he got he learned all about those stunts. He's much better. I think he's going to be a top three or five tackle in the NFL this year. And our weak link would be Sayamalu, who really, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that bad. Like, I don't like him, you know, and I'm not a big I'm not his biggest supporter. However, when your weakest link is a guy who won a Super Bowl ring and knows how to play and has played on this offensive line and played with Jason Kelsey for over 100 games, I feel more confident about that than I would if it was another guy out there in the mix. So um, even though, even though, like I said, they, they did upgrade the linebacker position, I think the defensive line will do better because they will blitz on occasion. However, my, th- my biggest, the biggest difference between last year and this year is the offensive line, and that's going to be the biggest reason why we win some of the games that we lost. I was going to say in the running backs, I, I agree with you, Jamie. You got Miles Sanders, uh, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard. Is uh, Gainwell going to be on the active roster too, or is he going to be not dressing tomorrow? I uh, hope so. I, I thought he Gainwell. Did they keep Jordan Howard? They brought him in as a for the practice. They caught him and they brought him back for the practice squad. Okay, I think right. at some point he'll make the roster, but that, that was definitely interesting. Yeah, I thought okay. so. I think Gainwell will be on the roster, and that Howard is the man out. Okay, uh, which is which surprises me. I really, I, I I don't know why they don't use him for the third and ones and the you know the second and ones and third and ones. That guy just carries people. I know he's an injury liability, but he carries people when he runs the ball, and I just I I feel like that they could use that, but. And that's why they don't pay me the big bucks. Because <laughs> I, because I'm out, I'm old school guys. I like it's nice to have a finesse running back like a Miles Sanders, but you also need a a bruising back type that can get you that one yard on third and one or a third and two as well, or the goal line situations as well. I mean, if you have it, why not use it? That that's how I feel personally. And if you have a Jordan Howard who can get you those bruising yards, like you mentioned, I don't understand why they don't just implement it. Especially when you got a Jalen Hurts who essentially is a first-time starting quarterback, right? But for me, you know, and I'm talking about tomorrow, to me, the the key of the offense is Miles Sanders. You're talking about Jalen Hurts going into the first start of this season. I, to me, I really want to see Miles Sanders prove to everyone that he is the feature back that we all know he can be. 
You know, and I'm not just talking about running the ball because I think he's going to get his carries. I think Seriani's smarter than that. That not unlike Doug Peterson, but I want to see those hands. Those hands have really been worrying me. We talked about training camp. Those dropsies, that's a real thing with him. So I want to, he's got to be a focal point for tomorrow. If, if he is working, it's going to make everything easier for Jalen Hurts, even the wide receiving core, and even the, 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 the offensive line. It'll give him that confidence. So he's going to be key tomorrow. And if he has a big game, I guarantee he'll win tomorrow. And having him as a threat out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball too, that just gives the Eagles another weapon uh, to use as well. And you don't want to be one-dimensional. You want to have as many weapons right. as possible, running the ball, catching the ball, and then the tight end. So we'll see what happens. But I, I will, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Now, how many times a game do you think they're going to run the ball? Because I know last year that there's times they gave up on it. Is there an idea the 20, 25 times a game you would figure? As Sarani mentioned that, or, or he hasn't yet? He has not mentioned that. In fact, he's been very tight-lipped with how he wants to call the game. My expectation is is that you're not, they're not going to run it as much as we'd like them to, but they're going to run it more than Doug did. I mean, Doug ran it, I think it was, you know, now we were talking somewhere around 25% of the time. That is, 75% of the time was passing. It just seemed ridiculous. I mean, they called some runs because they were, you know, screen passes that went behind so it's more like a pitch in comparison but realistically i mean they were running the ball very few and far between and that's why when they did went into a play action pass everybody knew uh, everybody was just teeing off on on this offensive line and they never never were able to push forward it was always being taken that first step backwards uh so i expect them to be a lot different and the one thing that i'm very interested in because you know, we've taken it for granted over the last couple of years. Fourth and ones and, you know, quarterback sneaks. Between Foles and Wentz, they got 98% of those. There was very few times that they did not get the quarterback sneak. Uh, you know, unless it was like a two-yard sneak where they didn't really, there wasn't a sneak call. This year, obviously, we got Hurts now. And I don't know that Hertz has got that same uh, push that he had that that Wentz and Foles both had. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you do typically a quarterback sneak. What you're going to do in those situations? Do you think? Um, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, you're right. We're going to see what happens there because, like I said, and and another thing that concerns me too, um, Hertz didn't really get a lot of reps in the preseason games. Are you guys not really worried about that? I guess as long as he was in the training camp. I think it's a gamble. I mean, we'll see if it pays off, but to me it's definitely a gamble. Um, I mean, you saw Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes going almost this, up until the second half, right, in their preseason games. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to pay off. I think only time will tell. So it'll, we'll see. We'll see what he looks like on week one. Okay. Are you guys okay for about five more minutes? Sure. Sure. Five, five more minutes? Okay. Um, next question I wanted to ask you guys, get to talk about it. Thoughts on Jake Elliott, what you've seen so far in training camp in the preseason, and the new punter, I guess, Aaron Sipros, I think. I don't know much about him. Uh, Aaron, Aaron is an Aussie. So we, we have another Australian rules kicker uh, and can kick the ball uh, a long way uh, when he doesn't shank it. He likes to shank sometimes. So it's hopefully he doesn't shank in a big moment. Uh, Jake Elliott better come out 
better come out and make those extra points. That's yeah. that's going to be the big deal. Yeah, I mean, just make your kicks in general. He looked like in, in training camp and in preseason, he looked a little more accurate than he did last year. I don't know what I mean. It might have been the new the coaching staff. He's talked about how he feels more connected with this co- current coaching staff. But to me, Elliot is is the big factor here. We're going to need those, especially with this this offense here. We're going to need him for those points. Um, and Sippos, I mean, look to me. Just punt the ball far. That, that's all I ask. Just punt the ball far and and don't and don't get a lot of touchbacks. That's, that's all I can really ask for. But no, I mean, I, the Eagles do like these uh the these uh, Aussie guys. Um, not, not obviously Jordan Mylot as well. But remember, who can forget Sav Rocco, right? But they they definitely like that league. I was gonna say, did they bring in any kickers to push Elliott, give him some competition, or no? I don't think so. They had Sippos kicking one game in the preseason. Right, uh, Elliot was unavailable for that game, and I know because he's under contract. They put him under contract, and they're paying him a decent money for a kicker. So that's the reason why they didn't bring any competition in. Uh, obviously, he can be cut at any time, but I think that his contract was more guaranteed. You know, so uh, I think that they're stuck with him for at least this year. And, and I, I again, I think he had a bad year last year. I, I think he'll definitely rebound and come back up i mean you think about that acres had a bad year and, and we got rid of them and he came back and then you know wound up being the the eagles top scorer of all time so that's true that's true and special teams to me is huge to me it's your that's one of the one third of the game right there are special teams well i i i want to see the touchbacks i want to I don't want them to try to play these games where they're getting the goal. You know, they're kicking it to the goal line and letting them run it back. Uh, I feel like that the kickoff is slowly becoming uh, uh, inconsequential anymore. Uh, So it's just uh, I I feel like that they're very soon to go away from the kickoffs. So you're just going to start on the 25 yard line. Uh, and go from there. But I know that the, there's some teams that are playing like, hey, we're going to kick it to the two and then have you run it out and see if we can get you back below behind the 25-yard line. I, I don't know that that's the right move. I would rather just see the touchbacks. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm more of a kickoff type guy because, to me, that's one of the most exciting plays in football is watching a, a kickoff return and stuff like that. But I think you're right, Jamie. That's what's going to be the future of the NFL. Yeah, so it, it, it's – uh, again, I, there's two things that I keep thinking about. Like, they, you know, these players are, are not even paying attention anymore, and they're sticking their arms out. And if that ball comes back into play, it's possible. It's going to just happen one time, and then this rule's going to change completely. That somebody gets an onside kick and scores a touchdown on it because they went and put their arms out early. It, it lands, like, on the goal line and bounces back into play instead of towards the end zone. And you have a recovery, and it's like it winds up being a touchdown for just somebody who was just trying to call touchback. So it's it's at one point that's going to happen because it's the NFL, and laziness will sometimes rule out, you know, on, on what happens. And that's that's a play that is pushing laziness now, and that's why I think that they should start to do away with it. Thoughts, Al Parcero. Nah, I mean, I, you guys nailed it on the head. I agree. I mean, k- kickoffs to me kind of have become like a, a non-factor. But um, as far as special teams with the Eagles, I mean, last year, uh, between Elliott missing kicks or missing field goals and uh, we're getting absolutely no return, either kick or punt return, uh, that definitely was, was killer for us. So 
Uh, definitely want to see some uh, some some something from that that field there. But I agree with you guys. Special teams can make can seriously change games at times, and uh, we'll hope they can become an impact this year. Okay, that leads to my next question, guys. Will the speedy Quaz Watkins, Jamie's uh, Jamie was <laughs> talked about a lot. Will he get more playing time as a receiver and possibly as a punt returner? And do you see them using Smith as a uh, on special teams as well this year, or do they keep Smith strictly as a wide receiver? I could see them using Smith kind of like Jackson in his prime. I remember in key situations, they would want to keep Deshaun Jackson so they wouldn't always have him as a punt returner. But obviously, you know, Miracle the Meadowlands too, he gave us all our favorite punt return, right? So I could see Devontae Smith kind of being used in situational. They, they've tried him in practice. They've put him back there to return punts. So I definitely could see that. I don't think I really want to see Devontae Smith taking too, too many punt returns. I would rather have him on my offense. Um, I, give Quez Watkins a try. I don't see why you wouldn't with that speed. Definitely take advantage of it. But I do see, I think we'll see a lot of Boston Scott returning kicks and punts and as well, um, maybe even Kenneth Gainwell. Thoughts, Get Jamie? Quez the ball as much as possible. That's how <laughs> I feel. I, I, I have, I, I, I've been touting this guy since the moment they put him in. I, why don't they show? Why don't they play him more? I remember when he, when we were out in Pittsburgh, I said I turned to the girl who I happened to be with, who got, who came and bought a ticket, you know, a ridiculous, expensive ticket, came out and came out with me to the game, and I turned to her and I said, "Watch, they're going to throw the ball to Quez Watkins, and if they can get the ball to him, it'll be a touchdown." And then he ran, he blew right past the, the cornerback. Went, you know, went down to the 20, ate a sandwich, picked his teeth after eating the sandwich, had to run back another 10 yards because the ball was underthrown, as what I expected, and then wound up getting a pass interference call because the cornerback finally caught up to him and hit him. You know what I mean? So it wound up being a 50-yard penalty, and then they didn't call his number again for another three weeks. And it amazed me. Why are you not calling the fastest guy out there on the field? Now, this year in preseason, he had a couple of highlight plays. I fully expect that he is going to be the guy. He is going to be what we liked out of Deshaun Jackson. You know, and I think that that's I, – I firmly believe he's got faster speed. I think that his speed is, is rival to uh, uh, the guy on the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. So I, I, be, I I'm firmly believe that this guy is like, – like one of the fastest guys in the NFL. And as long as they can throw the ball to him, like, and the, what's the one thing that he does have, he does have a loft ball that he can throw. And if he can get, if they can get in sync with that loft ball, you're going to see a lot of 50 yard touchdown passes because I just don't think anybody can keep up with this guy. And you think Sir Annie will use him quite often tomorrow against Atlanta against their secondary. I think the big play comes in a lot tomorrow. I feel that uh, I, I for, uh, again, they both have brand new coaches, you know, the Eagles and Atlanta. So I feel that they're both going to want to start their careers off with a bang. And it wouldn't surprise me if the very first play is a long ball to Quez Watkins. Okay. And that just leads to my next question. Uh, guys, just quickly, I'll wrap this up for you guys. Um, what are the three keys, in your opinion, to beating Matt Ryan in the Falcons in Atlanta on Sunday? 
I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, yeah I'll, so I'll say, number one, I, I talked about it earlier, Miles Sanders, run the ball. We're talking about Jalen Hurts going into the first start of this season. Make his job easy. Run the ball. So number leads to number two, attack the secondary. This secondary last year for Atlanta was god-awful. It was putrid. So if number one works, then that'll open up number two, and you're able to attack that weak Atlanta Falcons uh, uh, secondary. You got a lot of young wide receivers. What better way to get these guys their confidence boosted than with this weak secondary here? And then um, number three is, is to me, it, the, second, the secondary has to hold up. Look, the, the defensive line is going to get its pressure. Atlanta has two stud weapons, obviously Calvin Ridley, and who's going to be taking over Julio Jones essentially now. And then, number, and then uh, Kyle Pitts, look, I think the guy is the real deal. The, the size, the hands, the athleticism, I think it's real, and we're going to get the first taste of it come tomorrow. So I, that, those are my three keys. Run the ball. Get these get these wide receivers' confidence up by, by passing the ball to them, and then of course stopping this uh, Atlanta Falcons lethal passing attack that we could see. Jamie, I feel that uh, blitzes up the center of the line go right up in Matt Ryan's face. Uh, that's going to be key number one. I think that uh, that he's got Calvin Ridley, he's got Pitts. Those are the guys that you're going to have to key on. Uh, really, everybody else is not. Uh, th- their passing attack isn't as great as it used to be because they don't have Julio Jones anymore. And I think that that's going to make them a lot weaker than a lot more weak than they expected. So starting there and then I, I, I kind of like the idea. Run the ball, run the ball, get the offense moving in the right direction. Don't go too crazy. Don't. Start, don't start showing all your cards right away. You, like I said, get, get the offense moving in the right direction. And then once you're moving in the right direction, then start to pull out some of the things that you want to do. Uh, I just, I feel that most importantly, let's get some pressure on Matt Ryan. Let's have him think. The moment he starts to think, that's when the turnovers happen. He does not play well against the Eagles in general. Because, I mean, it's of course, that was his childhood favorite team. So he's, he's never beaten them very well. Uh, so I fully expect that as long as we put him under pressure and we just – and Hurts manages the game well, we'll win this game. I was going to say, the, here's something else too, guys, a lot of people don't think about. Oh, Eagles win the coin toss tomorrow. Do they accept the ball and take the ball first, or do they start let the defense uh, set the tone of uh, the opening series? I say get the ball first. Don't be scared. I, 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 you know, just because everybody gives the ball up right now, because you want the ball first in the second half. Uh, I, I, tomorrow might be a little different because it is. It is the start of your career, so as a head coach, so it's possible that they take the ball. I, I am not going to put any money on what would happen if we won the toss. Okay, and just two quick questions left. This one I got to ask. Uh, you don't have to do five, but what Eagle players could have a breakout season this year, and how many wins do you guys see for the Birds in twenty twenty one? And can the Eagles win this NFC East? Go ahead, Al Parcero. Uh, yeah, again. Uh, <laughs> so I'll give you one player who, who I think could have a breakout season. I'm trying to think of someone who's not obviously not everyone is thinking about, but um, 
Uh, you know what? I'll say I, th- I think Alex Singleton. To me, Alex Singleton is going to ha- take that next step in his game, and I, and I really am hoping, and I think this is going to happen. I'm going to I'm going to manifest it into real life. He's going to prove that we can move on with him as part of this linebacking core. I don't think Eric Wilson is the future, but I think Singleton, alongside with another stud linebacker, is going to be good. Is going to be perfect enough. I think he's going to be that breakout player. I think the rest of the NFL is going to know Alex Singleton's name by the season's end. Um, and then for the Eagles, uh, as far as how many wins I think they could do, the ceiling is honestly 10. There, I look, You look at the schedule, there's 10 winnable games. After the Raiders game, this schedule is, is a breeze. Obviously, this is a young team, and obviously when you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to worry about injuries. It's part of being an Eagles fan. Um, so th- this team definitely has what it takes to get t- 10 wins. I think in the end, you're looking more around seven to eight wins. Um, and look, look, this division is not that tough. Dallas gave Tampa all they could handle, but that was week one. And I did see some weaknesses uh, on that Dallas team. So this division is up for grabs. So I, I'm definitely going to say this team has a possibility of winning the NFCs, of course. Okay, Jamie. So, I, I mean, I have only mentioned him about four times so far this, this podcast, uh, Quez Watkins. I saved I him for Quez, you. Quez Watkins is going to be. Although I do say, as far as Singleton goes, expect him to have six or seven sacks this season. Hey, so take that. I, I think I think that that's really going to happen. But uh, I think Quez Watkins is going to really surprise people. Uh, it, he's going to make Devonta Smith better because of it. He's going to extend the field, uh, and as long as he stays healthy. That's going to be the big thing because, uh, again, these guys are smaller guys. He's fast, but he's small, and he's going to get hit on occasion. So as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be the guy that really uh, comes out of the pack, I think, is the, the one guy who's like the most improved or the MVP of the offense. Um, I, I have said all along that I thought that the Eagles were a nine-win team. I feel that they could win as many as 11. Uh, however, they'd have to have some things happen right for them. Uh, I feel that they start off three and zero. I think that they wind up three and three, you know, in the middle of all that. So I, I feel that they start off really strong, uh, but I feel that they are a nine-win team. And do they win the East? If they have nine wins, I don't think that's enough to win the East. If they win that extra game, if they get ten or eleven. Then, then they do win the East. But I think it's going to take 10 wins to win the East. I think the East is going to be a lot better than people think. And the fact that every team in the East is underdog this week. I mean, obviously, Dallas was an eight-and-a-half, nine-point underdog, and they only lost by two. I mean, Tampa did give them four turnovers, three of which happened in the 30-yard line or less. So it was like a walk in the park to score those touchdowns. So they really made it a lot easier for them uh, to keep the game close than, than it should have been. However, I fully expect that these teams are not as bad as everybody's making them out to be. And I think that if it's going to be 10 wins, that's going to win the NFC East. And the Eagles definitely have the opportunity to do it. I'm not sure if they will or not. I'm calling for them to be 9-8 and eight and in the hunt for the AFC, or sorry, the NFC East, and in the hunt for a playoff spot, uh, nine and eight. But you're right, Jamie, I agree with you on this. If they can get to the 10 wins or even 11, that would help win the division. I think you're right. The NFC East, it'll take at least 10 wins to win that division. 
I agree, especially at nine and eight with 17 games. I do not think, even though there's seven playoff spots, I do not believe that that's going to uh, nine yeah, wins is going to be enough. I think the 10 wins is going to be the playoff spot. I agree. Okay. Okay. And my last question for you guys is it's not really a question, but where can my audience find you both on social media? And uh, when your podcast shows are on again, Jamie, for my uh, people, audience in Canada on Ontario, I can watch you guys uh, on, on your podcasts. Uh, well, they can find me on any social media. Just look up the Philly Sports Guy on Twitter. It's the Philly SG because Sports Guy was just too long. And uh, Monday starts our Birds Breakdown yes. again. We go back. back to the Birds Breakdown. And then on Wednesdays, I have my NFC East show. And you could find that both on my YouTube or my Facebook my Twitter, Twitch, uh, anywhere that I have social media, we're out there. We're also on Zodiac TV, the Northeast Streaming Sports. Uh, I'm everywhere that I can get to. Okay, El Parcero. Yeah, you guys definitely don't want to miss Birds Breakdown. I'm excited to get back to that on, on Monday. Hopefully after an Eagles win. Hopefully uh, the Philly Sports guy brings back an Eagles win. Um, but for me, you guys can pretty much find me anywhere on social media, uh, El Parcero Philly. Uh, it's also on my, on my name tag here as well. Um, on on Twitter at Barcelo Philly, um, I obviously besides doing the uh, shows with the Philly Sports Guy on Mondays, I do a daily podcast on my own about everything Philly sports. All five Philly sports team called Oyen Philly Sports. You can find that wherever you stream podcasts as well. Um, and if we do have any Union fans, I am part of Philly Sports Network and their Union team. Uh, I do run Duke by the River podcast. Anyone wants to listen to that one as well? But uh, Chris, seriously, man, thank you so much for having us, man. It was it was a lot of fun talking to our Eagles, man. We're back. Yes, I'm excited. And I'll be tuning in on Monday since I'm back on yes. Facebook. I had to create a new Facebook account, but I'm only using it for my podcasting and to talk to people like you guys. So, awesome. um, and look for a website. I'm going to have my, uh, I bought my domain name livewithcdp.com. So I'm hoping to have that website up in the next month or so as well. And then I can, uh, put some more of my uh, material on there as well but i just want to say thank you guys for coming on today i'm sorry i kept you more than 45 minutes oh, it's all good, man. i was excited hey, to say, to it's, never, it's never 30 minutes when we're when we're talking to cdp <laughs> <laughs> that's why i got rid of the name 30 minutes now it's just live with cdp there you go exactly because you know I, I know it always goes long especially when we love talking birds Right. Oh, definitely. So I'm looking forward to it. And I've got the Michigan football tonight against Washington. So I've, I'm not doing any dating until after February. <laughs> uh, I understand completely. I understand completely. That's why I didn't so, even mention that show because that show is that shit. That season was done. We finished it on Tuesday. It's now football season. So, uh, dating, season so. dating season ends. Football season begins. <laughs> definitely. Jamie, uh, I take some pictures and videos tomorrow. Enjoy the game in Atlanta. I'll be keeping up on your social media account tomorrow. I'll parcel as well, and I'll be watching you guys uh, Monday night at 7 o'clock uh, for Birds Breakdown, and I'll be commenting, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow. I'll definitely have pizza and beer, and uh, hey. go Birds! Go Birds! Go Birds! Go go. birds. That's right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be all painted up today. We're going to start doing some lives today. We're going to have a meet and greet uh, and trying to get everybody all hyped up, ready to go. I, I, I was hanging with Lidl Shepherd last night for a little bit, so we were we were having a few cocktails, uh, and he was talking to a very nice young lady. Uh, as uh, you know, so he was he was doing well for himself last night, and I fully expect that the party is just we're just getting warmed up. 
And in a year from now, a year from now, my friend Tim, who runs uh, Elite Sports Tours here in Toronto, uh, September 22 is looking at uh, uh, Eagles trip at Lincoln Field. So I might in another year, I might be able to see you guys at the link for a game. Very nice. Hey, I, there are some people down here from Canada that flew in for the game. Yes, we can fly oh. over. Yeah, we could fly over, but we can't drive across the border, which makes no sense at all. So, but uh, that's what, I'll that's def- what he and that's what he said. He said we could fly in, we couldn't drive. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but uh, definitely, I will be going to an Eagles home game, and uh, hopefully, it'll be next September because I'm looking forward to uh, going to the link, and maybe I'll even paint my face up too. Red there you and go. For the, red and white in honor of Canada. There you go. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Well, well now we'll, we'll paint it silver and green, but we'll put a little maple leaf on there somewhere <laughs> deal, so that deal, show deal. for all the Canadians, all there the Canadians go. out there. So okay, deal. But I'm going to let you guys go. But hey, enjoy the football games tonight, yes, college. You as well. And then and tomorrow, and we'll we'll definitely see you guys and talk to you guys uh, Monday night on your show. Sounds good. Eagles. Yeah. Go birds. Thank you, Chris. You have a great one. You too. Take care, guys. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, North of the Border Eagles podcast today with the Philly Sports Guy and Al Parcero. Um, they got their show Monday night, 7 o'clock on Facebook under Philly Sports Guy. And uh, they'll have birds breakdown of the Eagles-Falcons game, I think, 7 o'clock Monday night. So I'm looking forward to it. CDP's Week 1 NFL picks, guys. I've got the uh, Colts over Seattle, 27-24. to 24. I've got the Jaguars over the Texans, 24-17. i got the Eagles over Atlanta, 20-17. to 17. Washington over the Chargers, 31-21. Buffalo beats the Steelers, 28-17. I have the Bengals over the Vikings, 31-28. Panthers over the Jets, 23-10. Titans over the Cardinals, 17-13. Kansas City over the Browns, 24-34. Patriots over the Miami, 17-14. And Denver, uh, Denver over, let's see, I'm just trying to figure out here, guys. Uh, One second. And I've got Denver winning their game over the Giants as well. So I'm looking forward to it again, uh, guys. Uh, the NFL Week 1 starts tomorrow. As uh, you know, Tampa Bay won 31-29 over Dallas the other night as well. So Dallas is 0-1, which is, uh, makes me quite happy as well. So, guys, yeah, these are my Week 1 picks for uh, CDP's Week 1 picks. Again, I've got the Pats over Miami, 17-14. This is where I ended up before. Denver over the Giants, 28-20. Packers and Aaron Rodgers over the Saints, 31-17. The Rams and Matt Stafford over the Bears, 23-13. And I've got the Baltimore Ravens over the Raiders in a close game, 30-27. Again, the Eagles game is at 1 o'clock on Fox, or you can listen to the Eagles radio network on WIP 94-1 in Philadelphia. Murrow Reese will be back as his 45th year as the radio's Eagles radio play-by-play announcer with uh, former great receiver Mike Quick as his color analyst. I'm looking forward to listening to Murrow and Mike on the radio and watching the game too. And it's going to be a huge, like uh, Jamie and Al Parceller were saying, it's going to be a fresh start with the Eagles with the new coaching staff and uh, Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, new defensive coordinator as well. I'm looking forward to it. So. Anyways, guys, I want to say thank you to everyone who watched uh, North of the Border Eagles podcast today on my YouTube channel, on Facebook Live, and uh, on Twitter as well. And just to let you guys know, uh, Live with CDP podcast after the audio version is always on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, 
Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and now on LinkedIn. My uh, podcast is now on my LinkedIn page as well if you'd like to follow me there as well. And just also let you guys know, you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. And my YouTube channel is uh, Chris Pame Live with CDP Podcast if you'd like to subscribe as well. And just to let you guys know, my merchandise is uh, podcast shirts, 15 bucks, coffee mugs, 15, and my new podcast hats are 18. Shipping is extra if you're out of Guelph and out of country as well. And you guys can follow the sports guy at the for- sports guy SG and El Parcero. You can follow him at Parcero Philly as well so and my next podcast show guys i'm looking forward to this next live with cdp podcast monday september 13th at eight o'clock my guest is mike stubbs the radio voice of the london knights on cflp cfpl 800 or cflp cfpl uh, 980 in London. Pardon me, I made a mistake. And Mike will come on and talk and preview the 21-22 London Knights game. So uh, again, Mike Stubbs, a host of uh, London Life on 980 uh, CFPL in London, and the longtime radio voice of the London Knights uh, will be my guest this Monday at eight o'clock, uh, talking and previewing the 21-22 uh, London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League uh, season. And I'm looking forward to speaking to Mike as well. Uh, he's one of the best in the business, and uh, we'll see how the London Knights do. Uh, they're uh, a dynasty in junior hockey since uh, 2004. They won the Memorial Cup in 05 and in 16 as well, and they've produced a lot of quality NHL players in that uh, system, and that franchise is history as well. So, guys, can also follow me on Facebook. Uh, I'm back on Facebook as a new page. I'm on Twitter. Instagram and also my YouTube channel as well. If you'd like to subscribe to my previous podcast as well. So, anyways, guys, uh, I'm going to call this a podcast. I've did four shows this week. I want to say thank you to all my guests this week. Um, Monday it was Manny. Thank you for coming on from the Windsor Spitfires. Wednesday Kelly Dudzik from WGR came on, and then uh, Thursday I had. Uh, uh, Tim Langdon, the Blue Jays PA announcer, come on as well. And I just want to say thank you again to the Philly sports guy and Al Parcero uh, for coming on today. So, uh, hey guys, enjoy the college football games tonight. Enjoy week one of the NFL tomorrow. I will be looking forward to it. And all I have to say is fly, Eagle flies. Go, birds, go. We'll see you guys Monday night at 8 o'clock with my guest Mike Stubbs from the London Knights of the OHL. Anyways, guys, thank you all again for watching live with CDP podcast. And we'll talk to you guys Monday at eight o'clock. Have a great day. Great weekend. Thank you so much.